recording. And here we go. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Summit Bid Podcast. Um, Summit Bid Podcast. We are, we are officially renaming it. We've uh, been exposure compensation, mm-hmm. and now we are the Summit Bid Podcast, and mm-hmm. the, the whole feed and everything, that's just kind of the name that we're mm-hmm. kind of going with from now on. So yeah. it just makes sense, right? It does. And it's, uh, you know, we wanted to still offer the photo news stuff we were we've been doing for a long time but then also expanded expanded into some of the other stuff we do like right the outdoors, exactly yeah the mountain trips the gallery all that kind of stuff yeah and, and, and you know just kind of eventually just kind of talk about you know um yeah what we do because <laughs> we do a lot of different things so yeah um yeah so let's talk a little bit about the format here um this is going to be for if you're watching this on youtube um this is going to be very audio focused. So Mm -hmm. go ahead and minimize your browser. Like, unless you want to look at our lovely faces the whole time, um, uh, just go ahead and minimize your browser. Like this is, this is basically a podcast. Um, and, um, you can also, if you want to just have us in your podcast feed, um, you can search the summit bid podcast and, um, we're going to be available. And, uh, and for a little while longer, you can catch up on our old show, Exposure Compensation, although I think I'll probably take that down mm-hmm. um, in about a month or so. Um, but you can listen to those those old episodes. So Yeah, you can uh, catch up with uh, the old podcast. But I think that this, uh, this new one will be good. So today, yeah. it looks like we're going to be... Um, Oh, we did want to talk about the different places. It's any podcasting app you use will also be on Spotify as well. Yeah, and um, of course, iTunes. yeah, iTunes, YouTube, Spotify. Um, if you're on YouTube, you'll see obviously all of our videos. Mm-hmm. So um, we would love it if you would subscribe there. Um, but if you want to just listen to this podcast, it's on iTunes, Spotify, um, pretty much anywhere you're going to get podcasts from. So All right. So today, it looks like we have a couple subjects to go over. Um, we will be talking about Nikon's new cameras, but I think first, we're going to talk about some of the rumors blowing around about 2021 pro cameras. Right, because yeah. finally, it seems like we're going to be getting these really, really pro cameras. I mean, you could say the A9 and A92 are. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had their their limitations, but I think that, that in, in 2021, we're going to get some real interesting cameras from, and we have solid rumors from uh, Sony, Nikon and Canon. So we're going to kind of go in um, that order Mm -hmm. and just kind of just run down and then what we think and, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and kind of talk about these new cameras. Like, is this something we're going to be interested in? And like, Mm -hmm. what does it do to the camera landscape in uh, 2021? Because the landscapes changed so much in 2020. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, Canon basically came back this year. Right, um, <laughs> came from so nowhere. That's cool, and we'll of course talk about that a little bit more, probably probably some other time. But I think that one question about Sony is: uh, Do we think they're gonna? Is it gonna be the A nine three? Is it that continuation? They're just raising the price point mm-hmm. and raising the functionality mm-hmm. because when you look at what the A nine series has been already. It's mostly a professional wildlife sports camera. Right, right. It's, it's capable for video, but about as capable to maybe a little less than like its two thousand dollar 
you know, little brother A seven three or right. Yeah, or there's R four. It has yeah. no log profiles, mm-hmm. um, which is that's always been fascinating. Sony has actually come out and said that they can't figure out how to do it with that backed sensor. So, anyway, yeah. um, well, let's run over the rumored specs of this Sony Pro camera A nine three A ten A twelve. Like who knows? A eleven probably. A eleven. There you go. Um, it's supposed to have around a fifty megapixel sensor. Um, it's going to shoot 8K 30 with no overheating. Mm. Um, other specs are similar to the A7S III. The EVS is going to be that 9 point whatever million dot EVF. The autofocus is going to be similar to that. And um, then the real kicker is, is that it's supposed to be at least $1,500 more expensive than the R5. Mm. So $1,000 more than the A92. And, um, but it could be as high as 5,500. Oh, wow. So that's what they're saying, which now granted 5,500 is less than the one DX, uh, Mark three mm-hmm. and the D six by Nikon. So you now you're still, you're still down below that number. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to me that the rumored, I don't know what this means necessarily, but it's interesting to me that the the rumors 8K 30P, it's not 4K 120 or, or anything like, it's not high frame rate, it's high resolution. Right, right. Um, so, I mean, that's interesting. And 50 megapixels is more than you need for 8K. So from a videographer's perspective, that's interesting. Right. The no overheating thing, I think I'll believe it when I see it come out. I don't know when we're really going to get to that point where 8K is overheating free maybe this is that camera um but honestly i think there's also an argument of i don't even know why you'd you'd want no overheating for 8k because it would take so much memory up right yeah exactly i think it's more just to say (laughs) just to say it doesn't overheat because that's been such the the news Mm -hmm. spin yeah i mean my instinct is is that this is going to be the a93 Mm -hmm. um I think that we're going to see a whole body redesign. Like, I mean, how, how can you fit a heat sink that's going to be able to do 8K 30? Do you think gripped? I think gripped. I think actually all three of these cameras are going to be gripped. I think we're finally going to see our built in gripped, um, mirrorless cameras. I I, I think we kind of have to, right? Because like, certainly they're looking at Canon and with the R5 Mm -hmm. and the heating issues, and the the processors and all that stuff they're going to have to fit in these things dual xqd card slot i'm not xqd card uh cf express right mm. i mean i'm sure that this new sony one's going to use that type um a. a type a which is the smaller one right that the um s3 uses but um i think the, it'll be hybrid where you can put both sd cards and the the new one in? I don't know. I mean, maybe. I mean, wh- I think that why would why would you do that on a, on a fifty five hundred dollar camera? Just you know, people need to buy CF Express cards. If you're mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. But also, I suppose if you really needed to buy the like a ton of media for something you're doing and you didn't need the speed, mm. yeah, I guess that's I a mean, good point. Yeah, it's easier to get a terabyte SD card, right? But yeah. So um, let's just, so that we can do um, the spec comparison, let's just go ahead and hit Nikon's, which is, it does have a rumored name, which is the Z9, which is hilarious that it's the Z9, <laughs> and they're going, just going right after the A9. Oh, yeah, um, they've been going right after, uh, they've been going right after Sony this whole time with their mirrorless stuff. 
Yeah, so um, just I'll just run down this real quick. Um, the Z9 is described as a D6 body um, combined with an R5 imaging A92AF and blackout free EVF. Um, by the way, these specs are courtesy of um, Sony Alpha Rumors, um, Nikon Rumors, and um, CanonRumors.com. So um, that's where we kind of get these, and we kind of watch those those mm-hmm. um, uh, websites quite a bit. Um, the Z9 is supposed to have a 46 megapixel sensor, um, 20 frames per second, 8K 30, 4K 120, 60, and 30. So more detailed video specs there. Um, a new X-Speed processor designed for 8K, improved AF, um, object detection AF, uh, two XQD CF Express Type B card slots, both so that bigger... Um, card slot ISO 64 to 25600, high resolution, blackout free EVF, new user interface, no second LCD screen, like screen, excuse me, like on the D6, Um, a brand new battery. They even have a uh, part number ENEL18X, gigabit um, LAN, USB-C, Wi-Fi, GPS, and priced between six thousand and seven thousand. So a lot more detailed specs mm-hmm. on this Nikon Z9. I mean, and it granted, it kind of sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It does sound amazing. It does seem like uh, uh, the uh, R5 opened Pandora's box with the 8K thing. Like all of these, they're like Sony's right. being like. Uh, at least the rumors saying no overheating, and then over here there's a line that says designed for 8K recording. Right, it doesn't exactly. Doesn't say no overheating, but um, that's interesting from a, a video perspective. And it's also interesting that we'll get to the Canon specs in a second, but th- this is the most fully uh, realized spec list of the three. Right. Um, so I wonder if we'll see that one come well, out first, or it's just. Well, and actually, I it's both the Canon and Nikon are rumored for second half of 2021, so mm-hmm. kind of July on. Um, the Sony is it's there's not a lot of people are hoping for January. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I think I think it's gonna they're all gonna be close together. They're gonna play the game of, of they're all gonna release as close together as they possibly can, just because like you know. Um, it, like Sony gives Canon and Nikon a chance to one up them or if they release early, but at the same time, like they're, you know, people will migrate to Sony over this a nine, um, three or whatever it's going to be called. Cause it's going to be an amazing camera. So, you know, I think that they're, they probably all want to be first, although the, you know, I think he, like, uh, the Canon R five and the, uh, Sony um, A7S three are an example of why you don't always want to be first, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. With the the overheating scandal, that maybe. I mean, I think the S three would have been fine anyway, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of people bought it just because they were like, "Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't overheat. overheat." Right? It's reliable. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. If that camera comes out first, I it it maybe is doesn't get all the the praise that it that it got. Yeah, you have to go. Like people aren't going to make a second not very many people are going to make second videos on it. And now the entire narrative about the S3 is um, based off of the R5, whereas if it had come out first, the right. entire narrative would have been, oh, this camera's cool, but the R5 shoots 8K. If right. it hadn't been confirmed, yep. 
that it had overheating issues. Now, to be fair to the R5, I've shot with it on two professional video shoots, um, like for separate clients and had no problems. One of which I used 4K60 for about two hours, uh, 4K120 for about two hours. Oh, wow. Um, Really? For two hours? Obviously off and on. Like I was turning Uh the camera off, turning it back on again. Um, And it was uh, with a coffee shop, so he had to make drinks for someone, so I was able to turn it off. Oh, okay, cool. And you have it. uh, It was actually his R5. Right, yeah. It's actually the R5 filming us right now. Um, And you have it up to date, right? Yes, I do have it up to date to the latest firmware. Um, And uh, I I didn't realize that you shot for two hours in 4K 120. Did the overheating warning ever come up? It It never even came came up. up. So I think that something that, uh, this, is, this is oftentimes something that I've, I've understood in these cameras. I bet none of them will have record limits, although Nikon, I'm not, I'm not sure if Nikon still does that right, or not. Right. But the thing about recording for like long periods of time is it's something you either need or you don't. And, you know, in that situation, the chances that I'm going to shoot 40 minutes of, of anything, um, especially continuous in that situation, right. it, it's basically zero. Um, but there, if I'm shooting a, an event that is 40 minutes long or 50 minutes long, then it's guaranteed I'm going to shoot for that long. Now, the question you have to start kind of working into that with all of these cameras, if they do overheat, you know, they're professional cameras, right? right. the Canon and the Nikon say nothing about no overheating. And there's a part of me that, that feels like that's kind of somebody at, uh, some, the Sony rumor sounds a little. Um, well, the Sony Alpha Rumors guy, uh, he tends to get a little uh, um, he's excited. excited. Yes, mm-hmm. we'll put it that way. He mm-hmm. gets excited about the new cameras, and uh, they sometimes get a little um, the the rumors get a little jazzed up. I feel mm-hmm. like, um, whereas the the Nikon and, and Canon Rumors guy, particularly the Canon Rumors guy, like he does not post stuff on there that he's not fairly confident mm-hmm. about. So, uh, and he yeah. doesn't, he usually doesn't offer opinion either. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, the, uh, the Sony Alpha Rumors guy definitely does. Mm-hmm. Granted, Sony Alpha Rumors is a much bigger site than either Nikon or Canon. Like it's, it's a huge site. Mm-hmm. So very, very popular. Indeed. So, um, so um, before we move on to the Canon specs, is there any like Nikon specific things that jump out to you here? Um, well, the previous rumor suggested 60 megapixel sensor is interesting. Yes. And then they dropped um, it down to, to 46. It down. I think we can all agree that, that, uh, that between 40 and 50 is the new standard megapixel. It seems like mm. for a, uh, um, for, I mean, almost any camera, I think, yeah. I think we're going to see consumer cameras more consumer oriented because almost any camera that's not a cell phone now is, is a somewhat professional camera. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but I think a consumer, more consumer oriented camera, I think we're going to, they're going to stay down a little lower just because the file sizes. But I think mm-hmm. any camera that's going to be geared towards a professional application is just like it's just that's where we're at. Is it's it's uh, being between forty and a uh, fifty megapixels. And I think it's that really nice middle area of mm-hmm. a little too much resolution. You have that right. little bit over the top, so that you're not going to run into like pixelization in prints, um, or uh, right. um, you know you have a little bit more cropping to work with. Stuff like that. Um, yeah. Well, and then correction without losing it. Um, but right. Exactly. You yeah. don't have just like a giant 60 or 
100 megapixel file. Well, and I think something in all of these cameras is that you're going to be able to um, drop the megapixels. So, like, why, I mean, like, it works well. Um, like, look at, like, the D850 does it well. Um, like, those those uh, downsample files, I've, I've seen, you know, examples of them, and they're great. And you shot with the D850 Yeah, I shot with the D850 for a while, and it was, uh, the they were great. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so... The, uh, I think with all these cameras, you're going to be able to set your megapixels in it. So why not have it be a higher resolution so that option's there for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and the camera's tuned to that. So like, mm-hmm. but if you need to drop down to 24 megapixels, like do it, like no mm-hmm. problem, right? And I think it's time to, uh, I think it's time to increase the, the megapixels on these pro bodies because, um, you know, there's not very often that I feel like you actually see issues with resolution and, and image and, and very many images. But mm-hmm. um, when you see 20 megapixel giant prints that are 20 megapixels, sometimes they look pretty good. Right. But when you compare them to 40 to 50 megapixel prints, especially when they're 30 by 60 or larger, right, right. Um, you're going to run into a, that little edge of sharpness just kind of falls off a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And then the other area is, do you remember that Canon Explorer of Light? Um, oh, I can't remember what it was called. It was Oh, uh, yeah, on, on that Netflix show. That Netflix show. Um, oh, yeah, something something, something with the light. But it mm. was it was like not overtly. Stories by Light? Stories, Tales by Light. Tales, Tales by, by light. light. There we there go. go. Um, check it out on Netflix. It's very cool. Um, it's not overtly sponsored by Canon, but it's sponsored I by Canon. I think there's yeah. one Nikon shooter in the whole thing. Maybe that's just, maybe it's not sponsored by Canon. It's just pro- that many professional photographers use Canon. <laughs> Yikes. Ooch. Um, so, uh, you know, in that you would notice a lot of the photos were breathtaking photos they were taking. Right. But they were kind of noisy mm-hmm. and sometimes not the absolute sharpest thing in the universe. Right. They were in, all using 1DXs mm-hmm. and occasionally a 5D Mark IV. Would I have saw been 5 DSRs a couple times, which of yeah. course is, was, was super better. high res right. for a long time. But it was all but, 1DXs, really. Yeah. Like it was and, vast majority. And I understand that decision by somebody if, if you know, if I'm going to go to the Himalayas and I need the camera to work both, you know, with me, be easy to use in all situations and stuff. Mm-hmm. I understand why they made that decision, but I think that it's time for that upgrade and I think that we are getting to the point where there's enough storage, storage is cheap enough, SD cards right. are cheap enough, that it's it's reasonable as long as they can get that uh, high speed for performance, which is why I wonder if the A9 will stick around. There may be for mm, there may be a sports, an application for it. A yeah. sports professional camera slot. Uh, and I don't know for sure if that's true or not, but the A9's feeling that it's a little bit cheaper because it doesn't have to support the the video specs. Because what these feel like to me um, is they're do-everything cameras. Mm. They're not one-trick ponies. And the only camera that I feel like has been getting closer to that is, is Canon getting closer and closer with the 1DX one, which had 4K for the first time, mm-hmm. and a decent-ish resolution. And then the 1DX2 and then the 1DX3, they're getting more and more of that multi-use um, case camera, be working a lot of video specs in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the big thing that's missing is that high resolution. 
So right. you have the speed, you have the video, which right. were, you know, probably kind of easy to match because you already have that lower res um, sensor sensor to help with the video side. And I, I think that these are that, okay, now you want to know what landscape photographers want this too. Um, and wildlife photographers want to be able to crop more. So they want higher resolution. It just, mm-hmm. it makes sense. If I've been shooting for a decade with, um, uh, if I've been shooting with a decade for 20, with 20 megapixels, I would want that upgrade eventually. Right. Yeah. Around. I mean, no joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well actually let's run through the Canon specs real quick. Um, it's got an all new image sensor with a global shutter. So oh, wow. this is the first real big different than the other two. Um, it's got a groundbreaking new autofocus system. Um, the rumor is, is that it's quad pixel and there's actually a patent for quad pixel autofocus. And we can talk about that more in a second, what that actually looks like. Mm-hmm. Fastest frame rate for stills camera ever from Canon. Um, second half of 2021 announcement. So we have the, the least amount of specs, but they're kind of the most wild. For, mm-hmm. Like kind of on par with kind of how Canon has been over the last year because these yeah. are a global shutter is wild. Yeah, it's a it's a huge deal for, for people out there who maybe are like, what what does global shutter? Why would that be important? Mm-hmm. Um, the A nine has that super fast backed sensor, right? And that's uh, that's really cool, and it's allowed it to have that uh, um, silent shooting. That right. works very and well. And it just it reads out the image really fast. It reads out the image really fast. With the global shutter, and, and this is what a lot of people pay tens of thousands of dollars for in those cinema cameras. That It's that little spec that a lot of people don't pay attention to. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, red camera shoot 8K, that's so cool. But they also have, I believe, at least some of them have global shutters. And that mm-hmm. means every pixel on the sensor is recorded at the same time time the exact right. same the exact moment. same moment so banding gone right um rolling shutter gone, gone in stills and in video and those two things they they sound you know maybe like uh, not that important mm-hmm. but coming from the a6600 the camera i've been using for a long time and sony cameras in general mm-hmm. uh from a video shooter's perspective um you it really can make your footage look bad even if it's right. sharp, even if it's great, right. it, it makes shake kind of sickening. It's it's like jello effect. Um, you if you've done much research on YouTube, you probably heard people talk about um, you know lines not being straight and stuff. Right, right. Um, and for stills, it's maybe even a bigger deal because it can be completely silent in all right. situations. In all situations, and you're never going to get that banding. You're never going to get that warping. Like the A9 doesn't do it much, but I, you know, it still does it like occasionally. And, um, uh, so that is, that's a huge deal. And then the, the quad pixel autofocus is also a huge deal. Um, from what I understand about how, uh, dual pixel autofocus works is, is it, it kind of works. It finds the contrast, um, horizontally, but not vertically. Um, so by adding the quad, you're going to be doing horizontal and vertical. So it's it's literally going to be twice as good mm-hmm. as um, as dual pixel, which mm-hmm. is dual pixel has been the gold standard. Um, I've Canon really squandered um, dual pixel because they had the best mirrorless autofocus system before mm-hmm. they were doing anything with mirrorless because yeah. they released it on the 70D, mm-hmm. right? Wasn't it 70D? And then it was in the 5D Mark IV and 
The 1DX2. The 1DX2, 1DX3. And, um, but it was like, it has taken Sony so long to get their video autofocus close. And a lot of people still say it's just close. A lot of people say it's better. Some people say it's, you know, Mm -hmm. the same, but you know, it's still an argument. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, that came out the, the, um, 70D was like what, 2014, 2015? It may have been 2013. Yeah, you know what? Let's do a quick little Google search because I'm actually really curious. See how long it's been the the king. Canon 70D. This is the Casey Casey Neistat camera. This is the Casey Neistat camera. It's It's the um, one that started the vlogging craze. um, People are still buying it. There's the Wikipedia. Oh wow, 2013. Mm. So that's 2013. It came out alongside the A6000 in that case. Wow. Um so that's that's impressive considering where the autofocus was from Sony and Sony made leaps and bounds. I've used once again the stills autofocus I have a hard time. I mean the only stills I take are like landscapes. So I don't know about stills autofocus Kemper can say more about that. But from a video perspective, it's very good but it's not as controllable. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel as controllable. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's the interface. It's the touchscreen, mm-hmm. which is a huge thing that Canon has over, well, Canon and Nikon and Panasonic have over Sony is their touchscreen interface. Right. And there's some definite like learning curves. Like they feel different. They work differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ability to touch on the screen and it will at least do something. You know, when you touch on the screen. Right, right. And, um, and that's, I, I really appreciate that from, uh, you know, from Canon's. And I'm using the EOS R, so I'm not even using the newest, the newest of the new. Right, the newest of the new, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, these are all wild. Like, I think that, like, with Canon, like, to kind of fill in the blanks, I'm going to assume that this new sensor is, um, is 45 megapixels. Mm-hmm. Just because the other two are, I would be surprised if they would keep it at half the megapixels. I think a lot of pro shooters, but you know, Canon's still Canon. I think because we don't have that resolution. Um, well, there is, I have heard um, a rumor that there definitely is um, a little resolution bump coming. It just may not be that high. I mean, I, I don't 30. know. I could see it being 30. I could see it being 32. Yeah. Um, but uh, would you, I mean, I would... Would you trade um, thirty uh, the the forty five megapixels for a global shutter? Oh well, I would because well because of the video, gonna, yeah, I'm not yeah. Use it, but <laughs> yeah, as a stills photographer, here's something I will say: um, I got the EOSR completely for video reasons and some you know some details I'll get into on a different day. But coming back with the thirty megapixel stills, and I've been shooting twenty to twenty four for a very long time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, five six years since i had anything that was significantly below 20 Mm -hmm. um and the difference is noticeable at at that point um and that was kind of surprised how noticeable it was for the few shots that i took it just up to 30 really sharp um and nice so you know is it going to make a difference in your instagram posts Probably not, but neither right. will 30 to 45. Right, yeah, um, I mean, I guess that's so, true. Good point. Um, you know, you'll have more cropping ability. I think that there's a chance that it will be something random that's close to 45, though, because Canon's kind of traditionally done that 
in the past with like their one DX having a 20 megapixel sensor and the 5D mm. Mark III having 22. They mm -hmm. usually don't have the same. And it doesn't mean if it's the same resolution, it's the same sensor, but I think Canon right. likes being like, oh, it's a little different, like tipping their hat. Right. Like maybe it's 47, maybe it's 40, but it's it's very close to be negligible, but a mm -hmm. little different just so that there's right. differentiates the spec sheet. Um, I'm not sure they're as into everything being right. uniform as Canon and, I mean, excuse me, as Sony and right. Nikon sometimes are. I also think that we can just assume that it's going to have 8K, 30, 4K, 120, all that. Um, it's, I guess again, unless it's not, 20 megapixels. All right. Well, yeah, if it is 20 megapixels, it's no 8K. I mean, that's no a good 8K. point. Like, it has to be, what is it, 42? I think it's like 36. Oh, is it 36? It. You can get away with it? Okay. Maybe. Because, um, like, obviously 8K is everything from uh, 8,000 pixels vert, uh, wide. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. So that makes it's, sense. It's just like 4K is everything from 4K to 5K, basically. Right. Um, that makes sense. So you, there's a whole range that you can kind of, you can slip in that 8K number. Even sometimes if it's a little under, they'll still say 8K or 4K. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Well, That's true. 4K is 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 not 4,000. Like uh, it's a, UHD Ultra HD. It's yeah. not actually 4K. It's 3848. It's 3848. Yeah. 3840. Yeah. 3840. Sorry. So um, anyway, um, I think these cameras are all very interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm I am I'm excited that uh, that finally um, that we're getting these these true mm -hmm. pro bodies. Like uh, Sony's flirted with it with the A9, but finally, like you know, did, this is the DSLR era is over. Like this yeah. really is the signal that it's over. Well, um, yeah, and I think that the. Um the other big thing about these cameras is, is you can see a little bit of the direction of the camera companies from mm -hmm. what these are. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to buy one of these cameras. I'm pretty sure. Right. Um, You're going to stay more video focused. More video focused. If you were going to drop this kind of money, you would get something like the C70. Mm -hmm. C70 um, or, or I would drop double as much and buy a C300 or something. Right. <laughs> like that's the direction that I would go in. I, I don't really need a lot more than the EOS are even for stills needs right, or whatever. Right, right. But, um, you know, these are professional video-ish cameras. It's just they won't have that next level of just they'll never overheat no matter what, so you can do whatever you want with them. And mm. the, the extra buttons and the onboard controls for audio and XLR mini or XLR right. full-sized inputs, stuff like that's really cool. But... Um, what you can see here is 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 what you can expect from the camera companies a little bit. You know, right. oh, if Nikon opens the box to having 8K in their lineup and 4K and 4K60 and 4K30P and it, maybe it has log in there as well, mm -hmm. you can start to get a feel for, okay, so this is what Nikon's future video is and can I grow with that or is that not good enough for me? Um, and, of course, the big problem with Nikon is it doesn't have any pro video bodies, but... Um, uh, because it's they just they're kind of stepping into the video game, and the same thing's true with Sony and just like little little features and stuff. Those will trickle down, so you can see even if you're never going to buy these cameras, kind of the mm. direction. Right, exactly. It's a, that's a that's a really good point. Like the One DX two in its own way showed the direction that things were going. So, and then you know similar with with Nikon and their D series. So um, it's probably time to move on to non theoretical cameras to. Two new-ish, mm -hmm. <laughs> very-ish um, cameras that Nikon announced, the Z6 II and the Z7 II. 
Um, what do you, first off, just before we even get into anything here, um, what do you think about them dropping the S in favor of two? Like, it just seems like the copying of Sony is, uh, is like, it's almost blatant mm-hmm. at this point. It's almost like a joke. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. They feel more like S's or like uh, small bumps, not mm-hmm. resolu- not revolutions. Mm-hmm. Um just off the spec sheet. I, th- I right. think it's, it's, you know, I guess it is what it kind of is, but I think maybe they want to make it feel different with the naming scheme. That could be what they're right. going for. Right. They're but definitely patch cameras. It just feels like you said, it feels like they're copying Sony, which isn't, right. I don't think that's what Nikon wants. I mean, maybe that's what a Nikon shooter that's lusting after Sony wants them to do. Yeah, um, exactly. Who doesn't feel like they can switch or I don't know what. Exactly. I mean, they're even their design, like I feel like the the Z cameras are are better designed than the Sony cameras ergonomically and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but they still they look like the A7s and the Nikons. I mean, they look so similar that They really do. Nikons feel better in the hand. They do. They feel way better. Um, so, there's so there is that. So, okay, so what is new? Um, well, they both have the same sensors, so that's not new. Um, but they have dual X speed six processors now. So they've doubled the processing power, which is great. Yeah. Um, they both shoot at higher frame rates. Now the Z six, two shoots at 14 frames a second and the Z seven, two, um, is to 10 frames a second. And that's and just one more though. It really is. Uh, the Z seven was nine frames a second and the Z six was 12. So this isn't a huge um, isn't a huge difference. Huge difference. Um, they, but the the big thing is, is that they have uh, added a second SD card slot. Um, okay, so, so XQD and SD. Now. Yeah, that is their SQ. Okay. So they have two slots, which really was the thing that derailed Nikon, the 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 Nikon mirrorless. Like mm-hmm. if they had put two slots in the first time around the conversation would have been so different. Mm-hmm. It just like that took over the photo news industry for about, mm-hmm. I mean, it did to the, I feel like the R5 is overall weathering the overheating storm better than the Z6 and Z7 handled the, the single mm-hmm. card slot storm. Well, people, when they hear this isn't professional, right? Like it makes people who want to buy it feel like, Oh, well, I, I think I'm professional. Right, I'm professional enough, or I want the professional gear. That in a small way with the R5, that almost worked on me when the R5 was first announced. With like, oh well, I'm I shoot professional video, so I'd never want to buy an R5. And then when you sit down and actually think about what you do, it's like, well, it would probably support my needs for the most part. And after actually using the camera, I'm more convinced now. And and you know, looking at that camera, and the the point of bringing that up is is to say that the Z6 and Z7 were not bad cameras no, and they, they weren't, weren't unprofessional cameras either. No, they weren't. They um, I mean well in the XQD card format is so reliable. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they probably like I don't know this for a fact, but they probably their their data scientists or whatever was like the failure rate on an XQD card is similar enough to the failure rate on on two SD cards, right? So mm-hmm. they're like, you know, like why why put it in there and and it is it's interesting um like having the the dual card slots like i i you know i've been shooting for a long time with dual card slots ever since the uh 5D Mark 4 mm. and 
Um, I've never needed it. Never. Um, yeah. Knock on wood. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. never needed that second slot. So, but you know, it's here now. Um, so they can't be criticized. So another, um, a few, uh, little things, tidbits about it. Um, they now support a vertical battery grip, which is another thing that was hugely controversial for whatever reason. Um, they had their buffer is significantly better. The um, Z62 is 124 shots, and the Z72 is 50 shots. I don't remember exactly what the other ones were, but that's yeah, a lot not, better. They're not here on there. Um, and page. the video specs. So here, this is very interesting. Um, they added uh, 4K 60P to both, but the Z72 gets it right away, and the Z62 gets it in uh, February. It gets it in a f- firmware update in February. Is it paid? I don't know. I do not know the answer to that. What I think is funny is is that the obvious, like it's blatant that they're they're um that they're crippling the Z62 for a period of time. I don't know whether it is that they want to sell Z72s or what's going on there mm-hmm. where they would need to do that. Yeah, I have no clue. And the now, correct me if I'm wrong, the Z7 and Z72 can both do the ProRes raw thing out to a No. No. I don't think I think only the Z6 can. The Z7 can't at all. Oh, interesting. I I mean, I guess I thought I saw it on like the lineup of cameras, but I I don't that support it, but um I suppose that's a Yeah, story yeah, we'll have to different day. Yeah, but um but the reason why it's strange is is the Z6 feels like more the videographer's camera. Right. Um I mean they they put in stuff like full pixel readout. The 4K is probably slightly more detailed. Uh and you know, the low light performance may be a little bit better. Who knows? Just because of that right. lower lower resolution and downsampling from 6K um, to 4K because it says it's full pixel readout on the uh, Z6. So it's just strange to think like, okay, well, we want to sell more of the Z7 II if that's what's going on here. Um, and so we're going to keep 4K60 out of the camera that's – more built for video kind of like the right. r3 and the a7 III. right yeah i mean it yeah it's very um it's it's an interesting i don't understand the game if it's a game i suppose that it could be just they literally couldn't figure out how to get it in but why would you do the specific firmware update for being what what is that is that that's six months away is that six months uh, something like that. Yeah, something that's like six a, months, yeah. That's a long time considering that's the main video upgrade you're getting. Right. Like if you buy a Z6 II, the, the main thing is the dual card slots, which is great. Right. That's cool. But that's, you know, that's kind of photo and, and video. Mm-hmm. But then it's 4K60. That's the right. next thing. And, <laughs> that's then, the- <laughs> and then the the only other question that I have is is when you compare it to its competition, they all shoot. 4K60 at this point, except Sony doesn't have one. Sony hasn't released the A7 IV yet. Right. But the R6 and the uh, S1 and right. the S5, right. they, they're they the closest competition to it, and they all shoot 4K60 in some degree. Right. And with different trade-offs. Um, 
you have the uh, S5, which is probably the best 4K 60 camera right now. Mm -hmm. But I think, I might be wrong on this, so don't quote me. I think it still has the APS-C crop. Oh, I think um, I heard that too. And so does the S1. Um, right. And then the R6 has that feature where it, it has it in what like a 1.1 crop, like basically irrelevant crop, um, but it overheats pretty bad. Mm. Um, Mm. And I've heard that with the firmware updates, you can kind of mix shoot it without it really overheating, which mm -hmm. makes sense because you're not going to shoot 40 minutes of slow motion at one time. Right. Um, necessarily. I mean, unless you want to output in 60p, um, in which case, you know, it wouldn't be slow motion. But um, I think that the the real answer to this camera, is the Z6 II going to be competitive, is does it have... Does it overheat in 4K60? If it doesn't overheat at all, that's a big leg up over what Sony has mm. right now, what mm -hmm. Canon has right now, right, and what uh, what Panasonic's offering because it's apparently full frame. It ha apparently has good autofocus, and if it doesn't overheat, that's a big deal. Honestly, that's the biggest thing that I can see out of these two cameras, and that's really sad because. Like, look at what Sony and Canon just did. Right. Yeah, it, it does have this weird feeling where, like... Wah, wah. Right. The, uh, <laughs> like, Nikon released the Z6 and 7 a month before the EOS R came out. Mm -hmm. And, like, since then, uh, Canon has come out with three, um, three of their mirrorless bodies. And look at the specs of the... The, the R5 compared to the Z7. Now, granted, um, these these cameras... Oh, I need to get the, the prices in front of me. I believe the Z7 II is $3,000, so it's it's less than the R5, which it should be for mm -hmm. what you're getting. Um, but what I don't have is the Z6 II price point. Z6 II... Courtesy of BNH Photo. Although apparently the Wi-Fi is uh, not working so great. There it is. Uh, oh wow, it's uh, the Z62 is uh, 1996, so 2000. The Z72? No, the Z62. Oh, the Z62. Yeah, so Z62. It's the same. It's the same price as the Z61. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's that's good. Um, so you spend a thousand dollars, like a third more, right. and you get the Z7. They they don't have ten bit internal. That's another thing that that uh, it has mm. it external via HDMI out. That's actually a big deal. Yeah. Uh, because Canon does shoot it. I'm pretty sure it overheats in 4K, but it shoots it internal, internal, yeah. and it shoots it in 1080 as well. And that's yep. You know, it's it's gonna get. It's just. The, the thing that's remarkable to me is is we know that most people that buy the R5, R6, Z6, Z7 II, the thing that really matters to them is the stills. You have right. those outliers that really care about the video specs. And it feels like um, these camera companies are, are hitting the video specs because that's what they are being able to move forward right now. But... I guess unless, I mean, they, they definitely talked a lot about the autofocus being better on the Mark II 
mm-hmm. Z cameras. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's true. That's a reason to upgrade maybe. Right. Well, yeah, um, I mean, that that to me is like it's not in the spec list, but I, the autofocus is supposed to be significantly better. But it's the same points, same number right. of points. Same so number of points, it's yeah. just trusting that the extra processing speed makes it better. Well, I think it would. I mean, you've doubled the processing speed, so I mean, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should. It, it should. It, it's, you know, the question of it's only as good as the algorithms, I suppose. Right, right. Um, so Doing a poor algorithm faster doesn't make it better. But I guess we'll have to see. I know that a lot of people have complained about the continuous autofocus on the Z cameras um, yes. on YouTube. Yes. I don't know that you've had a lot of... When I when I use the Z7, and you can check out the a video where I talk quite a bit about the Z7 on our channel, um, uh, but I mean, granted, I was using it for landscape shooting, you know, in single mm-hmm. shot. I do know that like um, with Sony and Canon, I use continuous all the time, mm-hmm. and with Nikon, I definitely used single shot because the continuous just it just it felt a little mm-hmm. quirky. Quirky is the right word. So, then mm-hmm. that seems, I mean, they're saying they've ironed that out, but they've also said they've ironed that out in several of their uh, um, firmware updates, mm-hmm. and, and it's been hit or miss. So Sounds a little like something Panasonic likes to do. Yeah, <laughs> with their autofocus. With their autofocus. And they do, make, they do make it better every time, but it's not. Right. There's that line between reliable and unreliable. Right. And that's the line you want to cross. That line might be, three percent better than it is right now right but if it's ten percent worse and you improve it by three percent it's still unreliable right and in general you'll end up jumping to the thing you can rely on right and it's the funny thing is i think it's easy to talk about um you know like it's easy to blame canon for putting in the the record limit kind of on the overheating once again going back to that it's a big story we've been talking you know that's been kind of circling around the camera industry a lot. Right. But I think that that idea of when you see the number of minutes when you hit record, you will be able to record for that many minutes. Right. So it's that level of reliable. Right. Um, and that I think that's why Canon made that decision. It's because they want you to be able to predict what your camera is going to do. So if you can't predict mm. what the autofocus is going to do, can't predict when the camera is going to overheat, like from Sony, like you just didn't know, even if the right. alert came up, right. who knows when it's actually going to die. Right. Um, that's, uh, you know, that, that's, a, that's a hard balance to walk, you know, pushing things forward and providing new kind of untested specs. And right. you saw how Canon chose to do that. Um, but with these cameras, if the autofocus is great with the Z6 II and the Z7 II, I honestly think there's a chance that they are some of the best well-rounded cameras, best value for money, maybe mm-hmm. right this second. Right this second. Um, but I, I don't think that this second is going to last that long. I don't mm-hmm. think people are switching to Nikon over these cameras. Well, no, um, and the lenses are the biggest issue probably. And the lenses are, like, the Z lenses are great, mm-hmm. but they just, they're not, their, their roadmap is going really slowly. Mm-hmm. They... Well, you know, 2020 hasn't gone well for anybody, right? No. But still, over the course of 2020, you look at what Canon's been able to actually get out um, lens-wise, and then you look at what Nikon's actually been able to get out, and it, it's really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you just look at the the um, the R system from Canon mm-hmm. 
and then you compare it, and you're like, wow, this system is way ahead. Like the R system is ready for a pro to move into it, you know. Well, you know, uh, with the exception for those sports super and tellies. yeah, super tellies and sports and, and wildlife and they, all that. They have EF and so. and Nikon, like they have the um, the fourteen to twenty four two eight announced, but who knows when it's actually coming? So indeed. Well, um, that is about all the time we have for today. So. We hope you enjoyed this little um, video podcast or uh, or audio podcast, depending yeah, on, on depending how you're on enjoying how it. You're consuming it, and um, where the the plan is is to do these about once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you know, you're look for a Thursday Friday release. That's that's what we're hoping for. We're not absolutely committing across the board, mm-hmm. but um, but that's you know that's what we're hoping to do and and kind of uh, various topics. So um, if there is something you would like us to talk about. Um, next week you should comment it down below um and uh if you have any questions for us about if you have a question for me about the the r5 or mm-hmm. or toby about the r5 he shot more video with it than i have so yes yeah, it's, it's weird to be like all these people out there thinking if i only had an r5 i could just try it out it's like i just one fell into my lap by yeah by <laughs> just you know, tried it out um, <laughs> and i got to try it out but um, yeah, if you have any questions about stuff or even, uh, on our other videos, if you saw a different video and had a question, right, and had a question, yeah, um, yeah, for sure a tool we're using, or if we like something or, uh, how we, yeah, really anything. Right. Yeah. Really, really anything. We'll, we'll yeah. probably talk about it. And, uh, and yeah, and, um, on our channel, we have a lot of, we have a lot of gear related videos. We also have a lot of videos where we, you know, get out into the mountains and, mm-hmm. and use that gear. So, um. That's yeah, the sure. summit bid part of all this. So yeah, definitely uh, go check it out. We released a couple of videos. Uh, maybe next week we'll talk a little bit about the GoPro Hero Nine. Uh, oh yeah, and, yeah. And uh, we've used that on a few trips and released some videos on it. So you can check those out. Yeah. Um, we'll link to those two videos on the YouTube channel at the end of this or in the show notes, I guess. Yeah. Cool. Uh, cool. If you want to check them out. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thank you uh, so much for listening and um, we'll uh, see you uh, next time. Indeed. Bye.